Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 280 on Tuesday, the 8th of October, 2019. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where coverage loses out to content in motorsport, we'll be asking, how can one explain the sudden rush for pre-regs in the last week of September? We find out if the FIA calendar committee has indeed met to discuss calendars. And we find out about a Saab story that's sparking some interest. But first, we get to follow-up. And this time, it is Dieselgate. It is a courtroom. And it is interesting news for Volkswagen. The Prague City Court ruled on Thursday that the order of VW to pay Czech customers more than 500 million crowns, that's 200 and... Uh, sorry, it's 21.3 million, not 200. Cool, crikey, there's, some, there's an accountant fainting in, well, in Volkswagen Well, to, to, to be honest, we're, we're so used to the scale of the scale of Volkswagen fines that I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the, if that was the number, yeah. <laughs> uh, $21.3 million, that is, uh, in damages related to, obviously, the cheating scandal. However, the court said that there was... Um, problems with the procedural grounds and sent the case back to the lower court. So it's good news for VW, but now they've got to go through the whole process again. It, quite right. If you aren't following the processes that are there, then you can't expect to win the case. No, no, no. Well, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense, really, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. Next up in our favourite follow-up stories is Nissan and the continuing saga of, of Gonegate. Well, continuing fallout, really. Nissan has appointed a new CEO. This new CEO takes over from... Yasuhiro Yamauchi, who in turn was the interim CEO who took over from Hirito Saikawa, who took over from Carlos Ghosn. New CEO is Makoto Uchida, uh, and he's been head of the Chinese, the Chinese division of, of Nissan for the last little while. So this is seen as a relatively good thing. He is now president and CEO, as well as uh, Uchida-san, then has been a new chief operating officer uh, mm-hmm. appointed as well, whose name I've lost his first name. That's terrible. There we go. Uh, Ashwani Gupta, uh, who's former Nissan and Renault executive, who's currently the CEO, COO of Mitsubishi Motors as well. So there's some movement mm-hmm. of people from within the Rebel Alliance uh, there as well. He was formerly, or he's had a number of different, uh, a number of different very, very senior roles uh, across the Alliance and across the world as well. Yes, the victory for Alliance as it's been declared within the Rebel Alliance. Really? That sounds like a relatively brave thing to call it. So they said one source close to Renault described the selection as, quote, a victory for the Alliance, close quotes. Because the men had both worked with all companies within them, so they all knew the business. They knew they were known within the business and with other executives and stuff. So it's not like it's a fresh face coming that would cause quite a lot of shocks after so many shocks. I am both surprised and heartened that they aren't both Japanese. Yes. Because that's what I was really expecting to happen. But I think that maybe they discovered that that was the problem. They had gone too far from... They'd gone from, you know, swung from one extreme to the next, really. Yeah. Uh, and then back again. And, and this is them trying to find a, a middle ground with people with a number of, with a lot of experience who are known across the, as you say, across the whole alliance. Yeah. So no, I, I think that, that that sounds like pretty good news for, for Nissan. They could do with some. And cause it's, it's, they're in a, it, the global market is 
incredibly tough and getting tougher every day at the moment. Yeah. With regulation, with a slowdown in sales, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and then there's obviously the idiocy of trade wars that is looming underway, et cetera. So yes. I don't envy them. I mean, apart from the fact that they've just spent six months eating themselves in Nissan and Renault. So... Well, they have. Uh, did you see any yes. of the pictures of the new Duke today, by the way? Uh, yes. It's pretty much what I expected, which was the Nissan face with a big, huge, bulgy light underneath where the old one was. Lots of reports of it drives better than the old one. <laughs> the old one's all right. It depended which model you had, okay? The trouble is that rental spec doesn't not necessarily... Not the ones I had. That's yes, yes, that's true. Rental spec are not necessarily the, the, the best. The unofficial test cars are not are not test cars. But yeah. No. One more little bit of Nissan Nissan story. We've already yes. mentioned Carlos Ghosn. Yeah, well, apparently uh, they have they've been very quiet the uh, Ghosn defense team section part of this uh, ongoing case. And one of the things that they have agreed is that the long-awaited news conference that kept being uh, that was expected a while ago uh, is now on indefinite hold because last time they tried to do it, he got re-arrested. And they Mm -hmm. are very fearful of reprisals from the prosecutors, which is understandable, because that's what it looked like last time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could smell it from here that that was the case. He's been busy trying to get his body fit again, because he lost an awful lot of weight in the 126 days, was it? Uh, Something like that. Many days. Many, 129. Uh, 129 days. Well, well remember. Um, so he's he's been gaining some weight and he's been doing uh, sort of walking and cycling and just trying to keep his trying to keep his body get that back up to uh, to speed as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is all in a Automotive News Europe article that is an interview with his wife, who's every time she's interviewed, it's very clear her anger at everything that's happened to her husband. Yes. Yeah, it's a really inter- it's an interesting article. This she she is incredibly angry, which is which is understandable if you are supporting the person. You know, if you are supporting someone and you believe that they have not mm-hmm. done anything wrong, and you see the treatment, particularly as some of it looks quite harsh compared to what we would expect in the West. Yeah, well, put it like this: you know, one of the bail con- conditions is to restrict the access his access to Carol. So, you know, they're barred from direct communication. They have to speak through via lawyers and via third parties. They're not actually allowed to speak to each yeah. other. And there's, and there's talk of the, the Japanese government were involved in things, which is why in, in naughty things is being alleged. So as part of the whole take going down. So they mm-hmm. are, they are going to keep their powder dry for when they get their time in court and then fight it there. Yep. There you go. That's, that's bringing that up to date. So that means, Alan, as we are in the first full week of the month, it must be... (laughs) No more than that. We'll have to pay. We'll have to pay royalties. Well, I don't know. Nobody can tell what that was anyway. If people uh, can recognise what that is. Yes. (laughs) Sign the swinging symbol. The music from Pick of the Pops. Anybody who doesn't know what that was meant to be. Yes, it's SMMT New Car Registrations for September. Good news, everyone. They are up. They were up 1.3% on last year's. So a rounding error. 
Bad news is that's a tiny amount. And even worse than that is that last year's were absolutely appalling. Mm. So in total, 343,255 vehicles were registered in the month of September. Uh, Traditionally a strong month here in the UK because the registration number changes. That's up a certain amount on last year. I can't remember exactly how many. I shall find out in just one moment. Yeah, it's up about oh, not much at all, five, uh, 50,000 on last year. And the, but the trouble was last year there was a drop of, well, oh, getting on for, uh, it must be 70 or 80,000. I can only tell from the, the sort of graph with not very many bits on it that's on the SMMT website. I went off looking to try and find older data earlier on, but just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. So yeah, it's up a little bit. It's also up on one of the worst years for quite a lot, one of the worst months for quite a long time. Yeah. Do we want to know the splits? Uh, I think it'd be interesting just to quickly run through yeah. the powertrains. So powertrains, diesel is down 20%, petrol up 4%, battery electric vehicle up 236.4%. And this is month on month, by the way. This is September on September. Plug-in hybrids are up. 22%. Uh, you'll remember that last year we were at the start of the great WLTP FEV drought. Yes. Just model drought, full stop, really. Uh, pure hybrids are up 0.6%, so a rounding error. Diesel mild hybrids are up 677. Petrol mild hybrids are up uh, 91%. Well, yeah, just, just do the figures of the mild hybrid diesel, actually, because that's that 677.8 could be... That's difficult. Yeah, to sorry, that's correlate, even worse. But... That's even bigger than Chevrolet's percentage increase year on I year, know. isn't it? Yeah. 2018, 883. I know. I did it on purpose. Diesel mild hybrids were registered. In 2019, 6,868 diesel mild hybrids were registered. I don't. It's hard to tell quite what makes a mild hybrid. I'm sure someone will now chip in and say, well, actually, it has to get traction from such and such. But you get the funny feeling that, that anything with a, a big alternator and a, and a stop-start system is going to is gonna qualify. <laughs> you know. Okay. Is it not the I'm sure that's fold? wrong and overly cynical, but I'm curious to know which which models that, that is. But I suppose there's stuff coming through from Volvo and people. Okay, so if, if people would like to write on a postcard to Alan Was Wrong, Motoring Podcast, the internet, that would be fabulous. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Fair <laughs> enough. Right, come on. Do you want to do the uh, top tens? or Oh, no, sorry. We haven't done private and fleet. All that. Yeah, I'm not too fussed about private and fleet these days. I think that other split is far more interesting generally. Sorry, this is production conversations that we shouldn't be having on there. The private was about the same. Fleet was up a bit. Business was well down. There we go. Down by 44.8% by See, the way. That's perfectly covered. <laughs> top tens. Da, 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 top tens. I have to scroll a bit more. Top tens are... Ooh. Mm. Uh, mm. Number 10. <laughs> the BMW 3 Series was 5,038 uh, registrations and number nine, I think, I think we can answer one of the questions you're going to ask later on already, actually. Uh, number nine, the Ford Cougar, 5,691. Number, number eight, the Kia Sportage. Uh, number seven, the Volkswagen Golf. Number six, the Ford Focus. There's lots of 
unusual ve- vehicles that are normally much higher up, a bit lower down. Number five, the Nissan Qashqai. The number four, the mini little one ish, littler one, littlest. Hmm. Uh, number three, the Mercedes Benz A Class, the car everyone loves to lease. Number two, the Ford Fiesta, dun, dun, dun. with a quite significant jump. So uh, the A Class was nine thousand eight hundred and seven registrations. The Ford Fiesta eleven thousand six hundred and forty three, and number one was the Vauxhall Corsa. With 12,921 registered. So that was an increase that, you know, over and above the Fiesta, that's another 1,300, which is almost unheard of. Mm. Really? Normally, you expect the Fiesta to be a significant uh, jump ahead. But that is suspiciously ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that ties in with with a tweet I saw actually, involving people discussing 69 plates. And one of the comments towards the end of the thread was that someone said, yeah, it's been cited that there were just below 95,000 registrations done in the final three days. 95,000. I can see where about three and a half came from. Yeah. I reckon there's – I'm going to just – just when I – no offense, we've done this quite a few times now. And you see a pattern coming through. You, mm. There's a there's a pattern that you expect to be there, unless there are model changes and things. To me, it looks like there's about three and a half, at least three and a half thousand too many courses registered in there, according to everything else. That is a surprising large number. Now, I don't know if there were special deals on the run out Vauxhall Corsa. I don't know if if. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there was just a massive fleet deal, which seems unlikely in the September, or or what. But that's it's pretty sniffy. Sorry, I don't know if I've gone too far there, but I don't think so. I mean, I know we, we I know we said uh, I've said this on Twitter. There was a bit of a conversation, but for that ninety, just under ninety five thousand registrations in the last three days, I don't understand why you would do that. Well, I. I I sort of understand, but I think it's a We're fool's not it's a fool's errand to go down that route. It traps you into a cycle of having to do it more and more, and then you have mm-hmm. the potential for falling into the trap like FCA did in America that got yeah. wrapped on the knuckles a few years ago. Where oh look at us, we had seventy five months constant increase, and then it turns out oh no, we didn't. We're really sorry. It it is harder to lie about the the registration numbers though. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it I know, is. But it, it is harder it, to it lie implies, about that rather than just sales. But you're sort of stealing from yourself now uh, or stealing from yourself in the future to, for now type effort. That's why I always feel it is. Yeah, but I see that in, you know, my, my own employer as well. Uh, there are management and salespeople are driving for sales by the end of the month. And it's like, well, well the end of the quarter. And it's like, but if it's not in this quarter, it'll be in next quarter. It's, it's how it is. You know, it's it's not going to disappear here. No, it'll, still, it'll still come to you. It'll still come to you, but it, it they might not hit th- that one. Uh, and that's not going to be the end of the world if you still get it. But anyway, it's been. Well, sometimes it is for bonus payments and stuff. Remember, there's other, there are other incentives yes. that we don't see other than just the car numbers. Anyway, we've waffled on for about that for far too long. So should we do the uh, multicolored spreadsheet of not badness? This month, uh, mixed, yeah, it's sort of, sort of there, mm. thereabouts. Right, I will yeah. run through the the less goods, and you can come back with the positives. So, a bath is down thirty three percent. 
Fiat is down 18.5%. Honda, bit of a drop that, nearly 24%. Infinity, as we expect, bit of a nosedive there, 74%. By the way, that's from 42 to 11. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Maserati's down uh, 27%. Uh, that uh, So we're there below 100 uh, last in September. Mitsubishi, big drop for Mitsubishi of 37, nearly 38%. Nissan, again, another another dent for them, 18, 18.3% there. So that's 16,827 last year to 13,745 this year. No, that's not great. They need that new Duke, clearly, mm-hmm. even though they still mm-hmm. seem to sell the old one. Um, Smart down 92%. No surprise there whatsoever. Subaru, they they really seem to go through peaks and troughs. They do. Down 36.5% this time. So that's 829 down to 526. Uh, I would imagine the FEV versions of the Forester and XV will help them a little bit. Yes, Yes, agreed. Uh, so, shall I start from the bottom and work my way up again then? I think that's probably the wise way. Yep. So, Volkswagen up 20.5%, Suzuki up 25 Skoda 24.5%, Seat 56 Renault 17 Porsche 174 Mini 25.8%, MG up 34 Nice, reasonable increase uh, for MG there. We're now on the... They had massive jumps last year, so increases now are still impressive of 34%, considering yeah. last year it would have been two or 300%, wouldn't it? They're now registering just under 1,400 vehicles a month. And I think that we're going to see some decent uh, increases. The new electric, what's it called? What's the model called? MG, is it GS? Seems to be getting nice things said about it. So uh, I think we can we watch that. I think they're going to stabilize and, and, and stick around uh somewhere about that 2000 mm-hmm. i would say amonevi okay lexus 3852 registered in september that is an increase of 43.41% and it's also lexus's best lexus that yeah how do you phrase that one to be grammatically correct it is also the best month that lexus has ever had in the uk so small yes. round of applause there yes <laughs> ds up 33 Three and a half percent. Dacia up seventy four percent. So small SUVs, I think, kicking in just there for those guys. Uh, Chevrolet up six hundred percent from one to seven uh, <laughs> registered. Why they are still on here, I just don't know. It's possibly all to do with their football shirt sponsorship. Bentley up one hundred ninety four percent. Alpine up one hundred twenty percent. So eleven cars instead of five registered. Yep. There we go. I think that uh, I think we have we have now we have now killed this month's new car numbers. Yes, they they are definitely sorted. Mm-hmm. So right, I'm going to move on to some news from uh, Volvo and Geely, and it was announced this week that they're actually going to merge their combustion engine programs. I'm not surprised. This makes total sense, considering yeah. how much sharing of technology, software, platforms, and the rest of it that is already being discussed within the group, having one dedicated engine producer that will meet all the needs of everyone that's in the group, it makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's going to save money as well. Yeah, especially as with those guys, they're moving towards... They're moving towards towards far more and more hybridized uh, setups. So they're using very much the same the same power unit, but with different different tunings. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we can always talk about the famous Volvo electrification press release. Yeah, well, we're not, I'm not talking about that because that's not what I mean. Uh, there was something that was pointed no, out no, here. I know. I'm just ignoring you. Um, <laughs> there was something pointed out here, uh, which is that, and this was James Atwood in Autocar saying that the new powertrain business will continue to supply regular and hybrid combustion engines to Geely Stabler brands, including Volvo, Lotus, Proton, LEVC, and Lincoln Co., would also aim to serve as a supplier to other third-party firms. The thing that I noticed in there is that all that Lotus's vehicles have been supplied with Toyota engines for quite a long time. So I would imagine that this means that new Lotus probably not going to have Toyota engines anymore. No, I would. I would imagine not. I mean, it's a not a surprise for really. If they're developing. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Hmm. Oh, which brings us to remarkably soon Guild Minute. A Guilt Minute is that point in the show where we remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth for you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the the orange Become a Patron button on the front page. If you're already a patron, then you really are awesome. Thank you so very, very much. Of course, we understand that not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice done all that then you rock you are absolutely wonderful but how's about costing a friend who you think would enjoy this and tell them all about us if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show how's about doing so for free using a free podcast app that will make sure that we come to you without the anxiety and worry and sleepless nights you may suffer worrying about missing out on our next new show ta-da yep okay formula e then i'll just hurry along then shall i yes Move along, move along, nothing to see, nothing to see. Formula E have have announced their calendar. Woohoo! Woohoo! For the next, I was going to say season or series, that may sound like a TV show, for 2019-2020. Uh, it starts off in Saudi Arabia on November the 22nd and November the 23rd. Moves to Santiago in Chile, Mexico City in February, Marrakesh at the end of February, 29th of February for a race. How's about that? Mm-hmm. About a month later, they're in Sanya in China, they're in Rome in Italy, and then they're in Paris on the 18th of April. After that, they're in Seoul, Jakarta, Berlin, New York, rounding off in London on the 25th and 26th of July at the Outer XL at Docklands. Yeah. Have you noticed the one that went missing? (laughs) Yes, but I've now forgotten which one it was. Hong Kong. Ah, yes. Hong Kong was always tricky. It was meant to be in the very first season, you know that, but they couldn't get enough width under one of the bridges. So that's why it wasn't in the first season. Ah, okay, because I saw some people asking whether it was something to do with the civil unrest this time. Um, so I'm not sure what why it's it's gone, because some, yeah. some people were saying, well, why keep Marrakesh? Why not have Hong Kong instead of Marrakesh? And because, you know, Sanya's the next one. Marrakesh is the only African one. Yeah, and, and somebody did reply um, that actually Marrakesh is quite a popular one with the with those, with those the sponsors and stuff like that because it is a sort of gateway into Africa, et cetera, and, and the north of yeah. Africa particularly. So, mm-hmm. And it's actually remarkably easy to get to. Yes, it seems to be. And, and people seem to really enjoy going there because I think it's it's a place that's unlike, you know, most others on the calendars mm-hmm. of motorsport. Yeah, I, I, so. I think so. But there's been some uh, driver news as well, hasn't there? Well, there has, yes. So Jaguar have chosen their second driver, and he's a chap called uh, James Calado. 
Uh, and he'll be partnering Mitch Evans, uh, who was, of course, a Jaguar racing, uh, Jaguar driver last year. Yeah, he's, he's quite an unusual person. He's the current f- factory Ferrari driver. And, and he's moving across from there. So there's quite a good article actually on eRacing365 about the thinking behind it. I don't really want to go into it now, but worth a little bit of a read there. Uh, I say eRacing365 for that one. Uh, similarly, Mahindra has confirmed that it has a deal with ZF group. Mm-hmm. So they've got a sponsor chain change. Uh, useless fact of the evening. Yet another fun one. Do you know that ZF? stands for well, it's gear gear manufacturer of Friedrichshafen. So gear manufacturer and then it's ZF Friedrichshafen. But they were originally founded to make gears for the Zeppelin airships. Oh right, okay. That's why ZF ex- exists. Uh, and you know, still famous for gearboxes just now. Uh, anyway, they're keeping uh <laughs> they're keeping Pascal uh, Verline and Jerome D'Ambrosio for the 2019-2020 season. So no changes to the drivers there, but there is uh, a change to team name and uh, sponsorship deal. Yeah, they just need some consistency next year, don't they? Yes, because they had some some great races this year uh, and some significantly less great ones as well. Yes, it was a surprise they weren't more towards the pointy end. They mm-hmm. were beset by issues. Yeah, issues. some teams have that informally. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's going to happen because it was the first year of yeah. the change of things as well. So no team was going to be perfect all the way through. You know, there wasn't going to be consistent. No, exactly. So. But- Moving on to WRC, and it was the Rally Great Britain stroke Wales. More Wales than Great Britain, as we discussed last week. And following uh, not as attritional as other WRC rounds have been this year and last year, but Tanek won, Nouveau was second, and Ogier was third. Meek, who was leading for a little while on day one, he ended up fourth with Elvin Evans coming back from a bit of an issue to end up fifth. Uh, so a couple of fantastic catches as well, by the way. Yeah. Breen had a, he was in eighth uh, racing for Hyundai and he had a, he had a, a rough one. He actually mm. went off at one point and rolled through a ditch. So uh, what that means for the championship that Tanik is in front. Ogier is behind. Oh, so Tanik's on 240. Ogier is in second on 212. And Nouveau is in third on 199. Effectively, Tanik needs to finish quite well, and it's his. Yay. Fingers. Well, he's got. we've got Spain and Australia to go. So, yes, it could get thrown up in the air if he doesn't finish Spain. <laughs> it could be a massive yeah, amount yeah, of Yeah, that would be pretty pressure. nasty. But I think we can generally cross out Nouveau. Auger is the only one who's really going to get there, and his his C three really struggled. Uh, mm-hmm. Citroen really struggled this this weekend. Nouveau did, did pretty well, but it was you know Tanik once once he got in front, it didn't even look like giving it up. So yeah, he's Mister Consistency when the car works. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, which is absolutely. what you'd expect somebody who is that many points in front of everyone else. Well, so there quite. you go. There are articles to link to from WRC's website itself, and there's also a video in the uh, in the summary article, which gives you a no more than two minute roundup of the whole rally. So there you go. That's pretty awesome. But other news: Petter Solberg, the great Petter Solberg, yeah, raced his last WRC race this time for WRC two in a uh, polo, and he won it. <laughs> Just. Amazing. So he's understandably chuffed a bit that he's mm-hmm. he's finished on a high. 
And yeah, it just goes to show what a phenomenal talent he is and still has. Oh yeah, totally. totally. It's sad to see him go, but he's but he's been doing his uh, rally cross stuff anyway, hasn't he? Exactly. He's not going to be a million miles away. No. Oh, we've got we've got a weird mix of stuff now. It's almost like we're clearing out our list of backup articles because it's been very quiet this week, but not quite. So I, I wanted to share something about autonomous vehicles and about just how hard they are. And I think the link in the show notes is going to be to, well, there'll be two. There'll be one to the Jalopnik article by Aaron Gordon all about it. And there'll be another one to to the actual Washington Post or top interactive it's a sort of interactive walkthrough come game almost about just what the challenges are about making altern- uh, alternative vehicles, autonomous <laughs> vehicles, and the kind of stuff that it has to pick out from the background uh, of of the street and, and just blind spots and all sorts of things. It's really interesting. It's worth a little bit of your, a bit of, little bit of your lunchtime to not just have a quick, quick scroll through the Jalopnik article, but actually have a shot of the Washington Post uh, interactive interactive doodah. There's screenshots and stuff in the Jalopnik article, but, but do go and have a shot because it gives quite an interesting insight into, into what it is that all these companies are up against and just how tricky a, tricky a solution, uh, tricky a, a set of problems it can be. Yes. And how tricky a solution is to find is really what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do do give that one a shotty. It's 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 well worth it. Yep. Right on to the designers' mood board and the news that Joseph Kanban, who uh, we discussed a few months ago, being moved from BMW to Rolls Royce, even though he didn't ask for the job or nor applied for said job, has now left Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! Surprise! Yes. <laughs> And good luck to him, because just that seemed quite a rubbish way to have been dealt with by the company. Uh, it did seem quite poor that they, they the BMW felt they'd made a mistake and to shuffle him sideways rather than go, look, let's call it quits. Let's be grown-ups. Off you go. Mm-hmm. Pay you whatever amount. Uh, that would, yeah. would have seemed a more sensible solution all round, but there we go. So yes, yeah, so there's a, there was a press release from mm-hmm. from Rolls Royce, uh, which was to the point and pointed out what a difference he'd made in his very short tenure and all that kind of thing. So that was nice. Yes, I think. List of the week. <laughs> oh boy, thanks, Andrew. Uh, list of the week is the What Car Used Car Awards 2020, which of course has a bajillion categories that we're not going to go through all of. No, we're not. But I wanted it linked to. Because this, for the majority of people, we we one well, we hardly ever pick awards to discuss. Yeah, we we try not to do it, to be honest. Because you know there are awards for awards soon. <laughs> maybe maybe that's something we can organise in the podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> motoring podcast award award. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just make a note of that. So it's somebody else has discussed it with me as well. So uh, yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> um. So, but I think for the majority of for for a, a large number of people in this country, the used car awards are more important than new car awards on a on a more immediate sense footing because most people buy a used car than a new car. 
Mm-hmm. And what car have a process they go through, and by golly, they stick to it, and you know what you're getting, which is important as well. That's why it's included. So if you are thinking of a, uh, changing your vehicle and used car is the way, this is a great one to start your research in to see what is being suggested is the best in the category you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, that's the main reason I've included it. Do we all feel we've made him justify it well enough there? It was a pretty good stab anyway. <laughs> no, it's 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 actually you know what? It's one of these ones where it's worth a worth a clicky through just to see what's in there. Because used cars sometimes throw up used car awards do when they exist, uh, throw up slightly different candidates from 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 new ones. Yeah, because for example, the performance car one. I know I've gone ridiculous now. You know, really, I, I, I've got the small SUV one open in front of me. That's where I was going to take my okay. example you, from. You go but for the small you know, SUV. <laughs> well, I was saying small SUV, the Kia Sportage, for example, at less than fifteen thousand pounds. You know, the twenty sixteen to the present one is is a pretty good deal. I would say if you want a newish small SUV. Yeah, it's never going to break. It's it's a decent used car. Absolutely. So go on, you choose the performance. Tell us the performance car one now. Well, uh, this this I mean this illustrates your point really because this this surprised me because um, the, there's certainly two of the three cars in the in the final running when not the names that are usually at the front of a performance car award when it was new. So you know when people have had time to go back and revisit a vehicle, this is why I think it's interesting. But the winner is the uh, Alfa Romeo Giulia uh, Four Cheese which is great because it's different and it's a very brave I, I really car like choice the, the normal julia so i i can only imagine how utterly beguiling the four cheeses so but but also is the jaguar xes yeah and they've got the one of the cars you would expect to be there in the amg e63 this time yes. in a state form, but in the less than eighty-five thousand pound bracket. But that, I, I, yeah, I found that that sort of thing interesting. Yeah, under twenty-five thousand for a Jaguar XES, by the way. Yeah, twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen one. I think that's um, that's a pretty decent car for that. Yeah, I'd and say. if you if you if Quite we go to money. the electric side of things, because the the used prices is for those are staying you know really quite healthy as more yeah. and more people are looking at going they can't afford new so they're looking at second hand and the zoe um from 2013 to present that wins the overall winner and that's less than 15 then you've got the e-golf and the i-pace so mm-hmm. all of those get good reviews all of those do a, a, a decent job uh at what yeah. they're meant to so and consistently yeah. for all three of them by the way yes in their segments when we were keeping an eye on what other people are saying about stuff then uh then yeah yeah can they those are consistently sound sound vehicles mm. i'd say right i think we've think we've run through enough of that we don't want to do too much yeah so. yeah i've sickened myself to be honest so do you want to tell <laughs> us about the and finally yes the and finally is the news that the last new saab will leave the factory and it's heading to auction tomorrow i think it's it will be tomorrow yes well I, I, that's how i read it as opposed to next week so today if you get this when i put this out <laughs> because this well this story was only published today yeah yeah so it's the the nevs <laughs> the national electric vehicle sweden <laughs> that took over Saab and then basically threw electric powertrains into the old Saab 9.3. Mm-hmm. So the last one's coming off the uh, off the line, and 
they expect it to make around about 350,000 to 450 Swedish krona. Yeah, so that's about thirty-five to forty-five thousand pounds. The auction itself will end, by the way, on November the sixth or the seventh. So there is a month's worth of auction to go. Oh, okay, great. It's just that it's going to start. Yeah, but it's other than that, it's a rather unexceptional, but very pleasant-looking Saab nine-three, isn't it? Yeah, nine-three turbo, Aero four, two, uh, six-speed auto, silver, two-tone, beige and grey leather. Tidy looking car. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a piece Rangers. of automotive history there. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. So yeah, just threw that one in because we thought that was that was a bit different and a bit interesting there. Yeah. Parish notes. Uh in the special edition that came out last Friday, the hydrogen and Hyundai Nexo one, we misspoke. It's Audi, not BMW, that Hyundai is tying, is working together with on hydrogen uh, technology. It's BMW for the electric technology. Yep. Uh, we got ourselves um, tongue-tied. Mm-hmm. We apologize deeply, everyone. But I hope people have been enjoying that. They've been saying nice things. So yep. uh, I, I assume folk have been in, in enjoying that. It was it was certainly an interesting morning for me, recording it and meeting folk and driving stuff and going places yeah and hopefully people enjoyed the format of it not just being you and me talking yeah which i know they love clearly love but i adore it occasionally an additional voice is a good thing Mm -hmm. yes and thank you so much to sylvie for for agreeing to be ambushed to be on it (laughs) because (laughs) yes yes she did get slightly ambushed there but not by me i hasten to point out I was lovely. Cool. Do we have anything queued up for Friday this week? There's meant to be a special edition. No, no, there's meant to be a rear view. Yeah, it's meant to be a rear view. That look says there might not be a rear view. I'm not promising at the moment. Uh, uh, okay. Workloads have catastrophically increased. Yes, yes. And we've got a nasty, t- a nasty problem with exponential workloads right at the minute for both of us, I think. Yeah. So there might not be anything. Ed, them. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There might be something out on Friday. It might be a review. It might be uh, might be a special edition, if that's easier. Yes, cool, awesome, brilliant. Let's let's see how that goes, folks. Sorry about that. I'm desperately trying not to promise anything for Andrew. No, because I can't. Uh, but, I can't agree to it at the minute. No, no, I know, I know, I know, and I'm not pressuring him into stuff either because no one's. What's no, happening. I know you're not. Anyway, whenever we're next back. Between now and then, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon, available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. And please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Best way for people to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me somewhere on there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally and maybe be sympathetic about exponentially increasing workloads, what's the best way for them to do that with you? Twitter again, uh, where we're probably wasting time when I should be working my way through some of that workload, uh, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. We will definitely be back for the new show next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.